This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Welcome, you guys. My name's Christy. I'm excited to be here this morning. Just curious, uh, how many of you guys are um, Unsolved Mystery fans? Any kind of mystery fanatics out there? Anyone who love a good close encounter? Um, last year, my girls and I, we got sucked into this episode of Unsolved Mysteries, and it was this episode that took place in Massachusetts, where for whatever reason, several people in the same town had encounters with aliens. (laughs) Did you see that one? It was weird in the weirdest way. But um, there was like this kid one night running through a field, uh, running home, and all of a sudden, these lights like come on him, and the spaceship appears, and he gets sucked up in the spaceship for a few hours. And then there's these women driving across town, like on the other side of town, and they're driving on this dark road. And all of a sudden, the spaceship appears, and they uh, get sucked up in the spaceship for a few hours, and they end up waking up like on the other side of town, and they were in the wrong seats in the car, and they don't know what happened. And we're just like, what is going on? Like, are these people credible? Is, are these UFOs real? Um, you just kind of wonder, is there more to life than meets the eye? Um, and this morning, we're kicking off a series called Close Encounters of the Epic Kind. And we're not talking about aliens, though. <laughs> we're talking about people whose lives were impacted by their encounter with Jesus. Because encountering Jesus is a life-changing moment. And how we respond to him will determine the course for the rest of our life. And so my question for you this morning is, will you let him show you something new, and will you follow him into it? Because Jesus has changed countless lives over the centuries, and he is still changing lives today. And I believe that he has something for you this morning. And so today we're looking at a close encounter of the epic kind out of the book of Mark. And Mark is such a cool book in the Gospels because he's writing to tell us all about Jesus. Jesus is the promised rescuer. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He is the inaugurator of God's kingdom here on the earth. And for people who are reading Mark's Gospel for the first time, Mark unveils this story in such an interesting way. The book kind of starts off with Jesus beginning his ministry. He's calling his disciples. He's calling his students to follow him. He's traveling around. He is teaching. He is healing. He is doing miracles. And we see God announce from heaven, this is my son that I dearly love. And we see Jesus casting demons out of people, and the demons are confessing who Jesus is. And his disciples start to wonder, who is this guy? What is going on? This is not an ordinary man. He has control over nature. He has control over demons. He has control over sickness. He has control over healing people's bodies. And the disciples start to talk amongst themselves, and they ask themselves, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? And we see this mystery in the book of Mark building, and we see it all culminate in this moment where Peter, who is one of Jesus' disciples, is the first person to get it. He is the first person to realize who Jesus is, and he confesses who Jesus is. 
So if you have your Bibles, open them to Mark chapter 8, verse 27. And we see Jesus ask his disciples, he says, who do people say I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Peter, this is our guy, he replies, you are the Messiah. So Peter confesses. He professes who Jesus is. He says, you are the Messiah. You are the promised one who's going to come and rescue and save humanity. You're going to bring us into a restored relationship with God once again. And so it's right after this moment with Peter, the very next chapter, when our close encounter epic moment happens. But, you know, it isn't beyond me that Peter confesses who Jesus is, and then Jesus invites Peter into this deeper encounter. And that's so often how it works with Jesus. We profess who he is. He shows us who he is. We confess in faith who Jesus is. We profess our belief in him, and then he reveals himself to us on a deeper level. So when I confess, when I profess, Jesus, I believe you are the way, watch as he leads me into a path uh, of life. When I confess, Jesus, I believe that you are the truth, watch as he illuminates the truth and the lies from my life. When I confess, Jesus, I believe you are the life, Watch as he rescues me from death to life and fills my life with purpose and fulfillment. When I confess, Jesus, I believe you're the prince of peace. Watch as he comes in and he brings his peace into my life, a peace that goes beyond all understanding. When I confess, Jesus, I believe you are a wonderful counselor. Watch as he imparts wisdom into my life. So that's how it works. And so Peter confesses, Jesus, you are the Messiah. So let's watch and let's see where Jesus takes him. In Mark chapter 9, verse 12, or verse 2, you can flip over there. It says this, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. I love that little nuance there. This is not, you know, tied. This is not me spraying washing my kids' clothes. This is bleach on steroids. And then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Okay, so Elijah and Moses have been dead now for a very long time. And these two guys appear. They were two powerful, famous men in the the Jewish community. They represent the law and the prophets. And we see Peter start to lose his cool. He's having a total fangirl moment. And so, uh, (laughs) verse 5, Peter exclaims, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they were all terrified. I love Peter. He's just like this awkward guy that tries so hard, and he processes out loud, and he doesn't know what he's saying. Gives me hope. Then a cloud overshadowed them. 
And a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. As they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. Well, we all know the answer to that now. (laughs) But this is such a crazy, epic, close encounter of the epic kind. And don't tell Ron and Joel, but I think I got the best one for the series. The transfiguration of Jesus is pretty hard uh, to beat. But this morning, we are going to look at three things that we can learn from Peter's epic close encounter. And the first thing that we can learn from Peter's close encounter is that what we confess about Jesus is so important. We see Peter confess who Jesus is. And then we see Jesus is revealed. So what we confess about Jesus is so important because when Jesus shows us who he is, it's so important that we believe him, even if we don't fully understand it yet. And I'm not talking about manifesting reality. You know, there's this popular idea in our culture that says, you know, whatever I focus on, I can bring into existence. Well, we're not just making stuff up about Jesus and then whatever we say becomes real. No, revelation from Jesus is a little bit different. It starts with Jesus. It starts with what Jesus says, what the scriptures say. Then we confess what he's revealed versus like what we make up about him in our minds. So it's not like, oh, Jesus, I know you love me and you want to give me good looks and a million dollars. No, it's not quite that way, even though that would be nice sometimes. Um, It starts with Jesus's words. And then we confess what he has told us about himself. And then he reveals more. But there is an element of faith to what we confess. And so often when we can operate like, God, show me the full picture, and then I'll believe. But often the way that God works is he gives us a little bit, and we choose to trust him, and then he shows us his power. So I just want to encourage you this morning, if you are on the fence about Jesus, take that leap of faith. Put your trust in him. Tell him about your faith. And you know, it can be as simple as Jesus, I believe you are who you said you are. And he will respond by showing you who he is and taking you deeper. You know, um, I saw this in my own life back in 2013, My husband, Joel, and I, we moved to Canada. We followed the call of God to Canada. And it was a really difficult time for me because, one, I'm not a snow girl. I'm a beach girl. Um, I had moved away from my family and friends. I I couldn't work because of my immigration status. So I found myself with these long days at home because my kids were in school. And it was very isolating, very lonely, very sad time. And I remember opening my Bible one day, and God met me uh, as I was reading, and he gave me this verse. It's Philippians 4.12, and I love it in the message version because it just, it left off the page for me, and it says this. It says, I've learned by now to be quite content in whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I've found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, 
wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. And that last phrase changed my life. I would meditate on that. Um, and there were days when I would just feel really stuck in my feelings. And I would just say this over and over in my head. I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. And that was God's revelation to me. That was his promise. And as I confessed it, it became a reality for me. And guess what? You know, I made it to the other side of that season. And I made it because God was with me, and he did a work in my heart. And we got to see his deeper purposes on the other side. We got to see um, why he called us there. And it was full of, it was such a beautiful church, a beautiful time full of life. And we got to see, okay, this, this is why you brought us here, God. This is what you wanted to accomplish in us and through us. And it's just so amazing when God shows up like that. And you can see his plan. You can see his purpose so clearly. It's a moment that just takes your breath away. And you realize, man, God, this is what you were doing all along. And I just didn't know it. And my mind is blown. You know, after all of that confusion, after all of that hardship, I had no idea that this is what you were up to. And this is a moment like that for Peter. Because, you know, think about it. He's been hanging out with Jesus for a long time, wondering what's going on. Like, who is this guy? And now we come to this epic close encounter moment. And Peter is like, whoa. And I love his response in verse 5. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And he said this because he didn't know what else to say. And so Peter is just ready to move up on that mountain. He's like, let's just build shelters and tents and let's stay up here forever because we've arrived. This is it. And let me be clear, this moment is a gift from God to Peter. This is a special revelation that Peter will carry throughout his life. And I think about how Peter just wanted to stay up there, you know, close to God and never leave. And yet there were other purposes that God had for Peter. Peter had to come down from the mountain and he had to enter some really difficult times. And I wonder for Peter if he remembered this moment when he saw Jesus being crucified. And I wonder for Peter if he remembered this moment when Jesus rose from the dead at his resurrection. And Peter was like, I was the first to see it. I wonder if Peter remembered this moment when he was thrown into prison for telling others about Jesus. I wonder if Peter remembered this moment when he was being physically beaten for building the church. I wonder if Peter remembered this moment when he himself was crucified for his faith in Jesus. I wonder if Peter drew strength from this memory of him seeing Jesus in his full revealed glory, the glory that we will all see him in one day. So my question for you today is, do you have a revelation of Jesus? Do you have a revelation of who he is? Do you have a moment, a word, a revelation that you can draw strength from? And if you don't, the good news is you can ask him for one. 
You can confess who he is and watch him lead you into a deeper revelation. And some of us, you know, we've been led to faith by others, and that's wonderful. But you can only depend on someone else's revelation for so long before you need one of your own. And as a mom, you know, I'm always encouraging my girls to cultivate their own relationship with God, not depending on me or Joel, but for them to encounter Jesus through, through time in his word, through the scriptures, through their prayers, through them hearing the Holy Spirit and leading them. It's so important. You know, I was um, having dinner with my youngest last week, and I asked her, you know, do you feel like your faith has become your own? And she said, yeah, Mom, I do. She said, I know what God's voice sounds like. I hear him. I, can, I read the scriptures every day. I talk to him. I know what the Holy Spirit is like. And, you know, that is just the most comforting thing for me as a mom. Because if my kids have a personal relationship with God, then they're going to be all right in life. And that's my prayer for you today, too, is that you can look to the cross and you can know that Jesus took that on for you. That's how deep his love is for you, that he loved you so much that he wanted to make a way to rescue you from sin and death and restore your relationship with God. And you can read his word and you can have a personal revelation of who he is. And so I guess the second thing that I want us to see from Peter's close encounter is that Jesus gives us mountaintop experiences to carry into the valleys of our life. So Peter couldn't stay on that mountain forever. He wanted to. And sometimes I think we get confused as Christians, like thinking that, oh my gosh, I found Jesus. Now my life is just going to be this mountaintop forever. <laughs> um, but we have to come down. We have to come down to do the work, the good work that God has prepared for us. And we will have our forever mountaintop experience one day on the other side of this life. But here on this earth, we have moments in the valley where those mountaintop experiences will sustain us because God is so good. And he gives us these mountaintop moments as gifts to sustain us in the dark times. And if you're here this morning and you're walking through a dark valley, I just want to remind you to look to the promises of Psalm 23. Uh, it says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. And so if you are in a dark valley today, go back and remember what God has revealed to you about himself that he's good, that he loves you, that he will empower you to live the life that he's calling you to live. He will provide for you. He is God, and no one can ever take that away from you. And to me, you know, looking at this story, the most beautiful part of this epic close encounter uh, it isn't what Peter said. It's actually what God said. And I love what God says in verse 7 here. He says, then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. 
I think so many of us here today, we would love to experience a moment like this. Just, I just so wish God would come down and encourage me, tell me what to do, give me some wisdom, um, help me navigate my life. And you know, how cool would it be to experience the audible voice of God and see Jesus in his future revealed glory and have a chat with Moses and Elijah? That'd be pretty epic. But I think that even if God came to us today, right now in this room, if the ceiling were to open and God's voice were to thunder down to all of us and we could hear his words, I actually don't think that his words would be any different for us today than they were 2,000 years ago. And that brings me to the last thing that I, I want us to learn about this close encounter moment is that God's message for us today hasn't changed And it's just as powerful and just as relevant for us today as it was back on that mountain. And you remember what God said? He says, Jesus is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. God said it back then, and he's still saying it to us today. Jesus is my dearly loved son. Listen to him when he shows you who he is. Listen to him when he talks to you about life. Listen to him, believe his words, confess who he is, and watch him take you into deeper revelation. Listen to him. Order your life around his words. Get lost. Find yourself in the pages of the scriptures. Apply them to your life because they are all the divine revelation you will ever need, whether you are on the mountaintop or whether you are in the valley. And this morning, I just, we get the chance to put into action some of Jesus' words together. We get to listen to him. And one of the things that Jesus asked us to do to remember him is by taking communion. Um, In 1 Corinthians 11, 23, it says this. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And so communion represents this beautiful new relationship with God that we enter into and that can be healed and whole, not because of anything that we've done, but because of what Jesus did on our behalf. He paid the price for our sin. He accomplished what we could never do on our own. He lived this perfect, innocent life, and he took our sin upon himself. He endured the punishment on the cross for our sin so that we could be set free, free to have a relationship with God again, free to live the life that he's calling us into. And so this, mor- this morning, we're going to take communion together. And I want you to just take a moment with Jesus as the worship team plays. Realign yourself with him and his words. Remember the revelation that he's given to you. Confess who he is. And then go to the tables and take of his communion. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you come in close to us that you want to show us who you are, that you are just closer than we know. Even right now, you're in this room, 
And we confess, Jesus, that, that you are who you say you are. And we believe you. We believe you when you talk to us about life. And so, Father, I pray for every person here that they would experience a deeper revelation of who you are, that personal revelation that is just between you and them. Father, and I ask that you would meet us as we take communion together. We love you so much, Jesus. We remember you, and we're so thankful for all you've done for us. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.